Welcome back to Temperament by One Finance. I'm your host Ashish Shabla and we are diving deep into insurance, dissecting the biases, emotions and the practical considerations that shape our decisions. In the first part, we gained valuable insights from Bhanu Gurum, co-founder of Ditto Insurance, shedding light on the technical aspects of selecting the right insurance plan. In case you missed that, then I recommend you have a listen. I will be waiting right here. Now in part 2, I continue my conversation with Bhanu. So Bhanu, many of us hold multiple insurance policies simultaneously, right? What should one be aware of when holding more than one policy at the same time? Again, the risk diversification part that people typically employ here. So remember how I told that if you were to get a cashless claim, the entire process is going to be much more smooth and seamless for you. Let's say you think that let's say you're buying a ten lakhs cover, but you feel that how about I split five lakhs with company A and five lakhs with company B, right? Now when you have to get admitted in the hospital. you will be able to get the cashless uh, experience only from one of the insurers so if your claim amount is going to be let's say 8 lakh rupees say your first insurer is going to take care of 5 lakhs for the rest of the 3 lakhs you have to pay from your pocket then you have to go ahead and kind of you know apply for a reimbursement right which is going to be a lot more hectic because the insurance companies want to look at each and every paper every diagnostic test every medicine every doctor prescription that you have gone through when you are admitted in the hospital right so it's going to be like much much more difficult for you to kind of you know manage or to kind of you know, even look at these things got it could you shed some light on the tax benefits associated with insurance yes you have tax benefits for your own purchase say for you your spouse and kids uh, you can claim tax benefits up to uh, 25000 rupees and uh, if you are a senior citizen then you that amount gets capped at you know 50000 rupees second you can buy insurance for your parents which will also be uh, eligible for tax benefits again if your parents are under the age of 60 you have a benefit of 25k if your parents are above the age of 60 you have a benefit of uh, 50k so effectively you are looking at getting a tax benefits of anywhere from 50000 rupees to 75000 rupees so whatever insurance premiums that you are paying will be exempt from the taxable income that the government will calculate for you thanks ban probably the last question for you ban So where is the insurance industry headed and what are some key initiatives that the government plans to take in the future Uh I think uh, uh, in the last few years we've seen uh, the awareness about insurance going up very uh, much uh, you know after the covid and you know after the recent you know medical issues right and the government uh, also is working really uh, hard with a lot of new initiatives right now one of the initiatives that the government recently kind of wanted to bring in is cashless everywhere Now in the current state of affairs you will be able to avail the cashless facility only if your insurer has partnered with a certain hospital if they are not part of their network hospitals they will not be able to get the benefits uh, but now with the new initiative right uh, cashless everywhere the government is saying that hey you should be in a position to provide cashless experience to customers even at your non network hospitals right and uh, even in terms of policy standardization because the entire policy wordings or the terms and conditions features is very complicated uh, iida has been pu- uh, pushing to get the, all of this standardized so it is like a boilerplate template that everyone can just follow and it becomes much more uh, you know easy and on top of it uh, the they have relaxed the norms on the fdi as well so that you can bring in much more foreign investment and you know make it easier for more you know insurance companies to come up and even i think uh, the regulator is uh, you know making it much more easy right for insurance 
for new startups and new companies to apply for an insurance license. Thank you, Banu, for those insights. Now, to delve into the psychological aspects that affect insurance decisions, I am joined by Merle Vendenacker, an experienced behavioral scientist holding a PhD in philosophy. She has extensive experience in the banking and financial sector and is currently working with ANZ Australia. It's great to have you on the show, Merle. Thank you so much for having me. So, Merle, I'm quite interested in understanding how do individuals typically go through the decision-making process when considering purchasing an insurance policy. Do any biases come into play when making such decisions? I think the biggest predictor of someone being willing to take on insurance is just their risk appetite. I think on average, uh, I think I, I read a very interesting quote today is that realistically, if you're like, um, if you're a neoclassical economist or someone who exclusively has economics training and truly believes in those core axioms, insurance as a product doesn't make any sense and doesn't have any right to exist. <laughs> Where I'm like, that's, that's a very harsh claim, very harsh statement. But realistically, if you know, if you are able to calculate the expected value of, of everything and then you know that the odds of something happening are incredibly low, then realistically you could set some money aside yourself and most of the time insurance isn't actually worth it, especially not the kind of insurance and these numbers you can find for most types of insurance online that really doesn't pay out much. Like if your insurance pays out like less than 20 cents to the dollar, probably not a great type of insurance to say the least but realistically most people you know that there's people who are super optimistic they think nothing's gonna happen to them it's all going to be fine even if they're bungee jumping even if they drive ferraris even if they don't you know sit with the speed limit even if they have a job in in a highly risky like a super volatile sector where there's demand one month absolutely no demand the next or if they do uh, jobs which are very very uh, physically taxing where, of course, the, the rate of potentially becoming disabled or no longer able to work, so you could have, buy a form of income insurance or income protection. There are people who do all of the things that I've just mentioned, but they live life very optimistically. So insurance doesn't cross their mind because it doesn't cross their mind that there is something to protect against. Because there are people who generally don't really think about negative consequences of things. That might be because they're optimists by nature. That might be because they're complete and utter ostriches. Always a nice English word, but um, because when when people start talking about the very possible but realistic negative consequences, the hand just go the hand the head just goes straight into the sand, well, or just kind of lays on top of the sand, waiting for a terror to be over. So and this and this actually informs a lot of people's risk attitude. So a risk attitude is really not as innate to a person as most people think. It tends to just be a reaction to a very specific context um, based on the experience that the individual already has and how optimistic they are in their, di in, in their disposition. So obviously someone who's never had any kind of physical accident, never really had to make any kind of insurance claim, never had the experience of anything negative happen to them. Plus they have a very solid disposition because everything in life has always gone well for them. Um, you know, and, and they just, they have nothing to fall back on and, and of determining how high the chances of something going wrong, they've never had the need for it. No one in their life has ever had the need for it. This is a type of person who's not likely to take on insurance. However, flip this around to someone who something bad happened to them or something bad happened to someone that they knew. They live in, a, in an area where, you know, hurricanes or uh, floods hit every time which is a terrible example, by the way, because those are things that you most of the time can't insure against, which is highly ironic, because um, otherwise insurance obviously wouldn't make any money if they had to insure you against systematic risk. There's the catch with that one. <laughs> um, 
Um, but no, it, it, it's an interesting one. So someone who's risk averse, most of the time is risk averse because they had certain types of experiences or know certain types of experiences or are just massive pessimists, all possible. And as a result, they, they shape their worldview. And someone with a worldview that is, you know, relatively like negative as in these things always happen to me or the chance of crashing a car is, is immensely high. Let's just get insurance. Let's not deal with it. So risk aversion there based on prior experiences of yourself or others uh, and, and your disposition towards the, the world is, is a very good predictor. There, there are three really, really key predictors. Another one, which I think doesn't get mentioned too much, um, is the interaction between both loss aversion, which makes a lot of sense for insurance, as well as regret aversion. So a loss aversion is the fact that no one likes to lose any kind of resource. We don't like to lose time. We don't like to lose loved ones. We don't like to lose money. Insurance should protect you most of the time against the latter, not losing too much money. Or at least if you have to lose something, that it can be compensated, rebuilt, fixed with no to minimal cost to yourself. That's the idea of insurance. Um, but, you know, the idea is also that someone has to pay for that insurance. Like you do have to pay for the privilege of having someone else deal with it later down the road. And there are people who are so extremely loss averse where they're like, if, if just thinking of losing their house um, or, you know, or, or losing their job, losing their income, whatever you may insure against, just sends them down spiraling. These are exactly the kind of people who buy insurance because they can't, they can't actively deal with the fault of that. Insurance makes sense for them as people. Now, there are also people who are not that extreme. But if the event actively were to happen, they would experience so much regret for not having the insurance that they make a decision upfront being like, I am actively paying to avoid the regret if it were to happen. And that's also a very interesting mindset. So it's a really interesting uh, interplay between loss aversion and regret aversion because people are actively preempting and trying to make judgments about something that may not happen. And sometimes the probability of that happening is known most of the time it has to be, otherwise an insurance company will find it very difficult to figure out how to make you pay that insurance. And sometimes that probability is really rather ambiguous. And when push comes to shove, most things that you insure against are relatively low probability. And what we see with most low probability events is that when we're just asking someone to judge, like, hey, how likely do you think it is to, to crash your car? How likely do you think it is that a volcano erupts next to your house? most people completely and utterly overestimate small probabilities. So they think this is much more likely. And obviously that is very much to the benefit of the insurance provider. Thank you, Merle, for those profound insights. Insurance, a complex product, is influenced by emotions such as love, fear, and anxiety in purchasing decisions. Research indicates that individuals are willing to pay more and invest more time in processing claims for items they love compared to those without sentimental value. The willingness to pay also increases when there is a fear of a specific event, such as theft or damage from an earthquake. Emotionally charged events lead individuals to focus on the severity of outcomes rather than their probability. As per research, the primary motivation for purchasing insurance is to attain peace of mind. Now, here are my few recommendations. Firstly, assess your coverage amount by considering present household expenses, future financial goals, and potential financial needs of your family. Opt for a policy that allows for an increase in coverage as your needs evolve. Secondly, in case of life insurance, estimate your family's income needs in your absence to maintain a comfortable lifestyle. Thirdly, research the insurer's claim settlement record. 
focusing not only on claim settlement ratio, but also on claim guarantee conditions. And lastly, scrutinize the policy exclusions to understand what is not covered. By carefully considering these factors, you can make an informed decision when selecting an insurance policy that meets your specific requirements. Let's take control of our financial destiny with confidence and mindfulness. If you found this valuable, then help us spread the message. And until next time, stay financially empowered. This is Temperament by One Finance, produced by Wine Studio. And I'm your host, Ashish Chabla. Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all related documents carefully before investing. The securities quoted are for illustration only and are not recommendatory.